Turn your New Testaments to the ninth chapter of Matthew, please. And he entered into the to a ship and passed over and came unto his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Therefore thank ye evil, uh, wherefore thank ye evil in your hearts. For whether is it easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at me in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came in and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master? with publicans and sinners. You see, the only thing they can see is negativism, lack of faith. And when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from thence, and then shall they fast. No man putteth a piece of new garment into an old garment, for that which is put into fill it up taketh from the from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine is runneth out, and the bottle perishes. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both preserved. He's speaking of the new era, speaking of the new covenant. He's speaking of his church. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came certain rulers and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hands upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus rose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched his, the hem of his garment. But she said within herself, If I may... But touch his garment, I shall behold. Jesus turned about him, and, and he saw her, and he said, Daughter, be of good cheer. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. 
And Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making noise. He said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth, and they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose, and fame whereof thereof went throughout all the land. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying, saying, Thy son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said, Yea, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See, that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all the country. And as they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with the devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. And the Pharisees said, He cast out devils through the prince of the devils. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his, into his harvest. You know, the thousand years, the second thousand years is just about to come to a close since Jesus lived on this earth. The president that we just elected will be the last president of the second thousand years. The last eight years, he continues to complete his term. The growth of man's knowledge in the last ten years, it is said, and you probably heard this said before, is larger than that of all civilizations from its dawning, from the beginning of the time that we know man existed. Yet with the enormous wealth of the knowledge, the problems of poverty, Homelessness, aging, sickness, infirmity, and the downtrodden are greater today than ever before. We have more people upon the face of the earth than in the history of the earth. Across the land, churches are struggling to have membership. State and federal governments have spent more, according to the Bennett Report, on welfare programs in the last 20 years than ever before. Yet the rank of the downtrodden grow. Look at the church buildings as you drive past uh, through our cities and wonder why they're half empty and the bars and the Places of entertainment are filled. 
It only reminds you of Peter's words in his second epistle when he said, as it was in the days of the Son of Man, so shall it be, or as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man when he cometh, that there will be eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriages. And then he speaks of the end of time. But that same writer, in his first chapter of that second epistle, said, He has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and unto godliness. You know, Matthew 9, that I just read, records the magnetism of Jesus during his ministry. The scene, it was at a dinner in, with the religious leaders present, you remember, when he called old Levi. After the food is served, the room becomes filled with people who are sick with sin and downtrodden in many ways. They just came in. They just came in where Jesus was. The Pharisees endeavored to debase and to ridicule and to dethrone the Lord as the Messiah by questioning his disciples about Christ's association with sinners. Isn't that tragic? The Lord replies, it is the sick that needs a physician and not those that are whole. And how true it is today. There must be a relationship with the sick and with the downtrodden and with those who are in need if we ever expect them to give them the kind of care that Jesus intended. You know, Mark, uh, Matthew act, actually accents this with these brief narratives. And he shows us Christ's relationship with the sick and with the downtrodden and with those that were suffering. And his interest, this was just one day's activities, that we see him so busy helping people. And yet on every occasion he was ridiculed and, and derided because that he did it. A lame man, a tax collector, was called to discipleship. A ruler whose daughter was dead. Two blind men and a man possessed with a demon. Matthew calls our attention to the hands-on ministry of our Lord. You know, the kind of programs that we'd like and have can't do God's work like individuals can. God intends for us to help people, to be involved. We are people's people to give them the good news. Did you know that we need to open our eyes and we need to understand that this great chapter that we have here describes the condition of our world today and that we need to understand that Jesus said that the people who are sick need a physician and he's made us to carry the gospel, the cleansing power of the blood of Christ. He's asked us to carry the good news to the lost and to the dying. He has allowed us to have access to this great message that we have in Matthew 9. And we need to understand that we today 
of all people, need to reach out and to tell people about the gospel today. You know, we have in our midst today a great message, a great message that has been given to us over and over and over. We have preached it from the pulpit. You know, at the time that the, uh, at the outset of his ministry, uh, Jesus preached the time was fulfilled. And after John had been taken into custody, uh, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Mark 1, 14 and 15. And Jesus called this coming kingdom of heaven, he called it his church. And he promised that he would build it in Matthew 16 and verse 18. One on the day that Jesus ascended, the apostle Peter, relying upon the Holy Spirit to guide him, after Jesus had been ascended for ten days and had sent the Spirit, he knew that the beginning was here and near. And they came and asked Jesus, they said, or is it right now that you're going to, just before he ascended, is this the time you're going to restore your kingdom? And he said, it's not given for you to know. The times are the seasons that I have my father's plan, but he said, you go into Jerusalem and it'll be, uh, you'll be given the Holy Spirit. And sure enough, they went in. Jesus reassured them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons, but you'll receive the Holy Spirit. Well, when he has come upon you, you just go into Jerusalem. Ten days after that, when Jesus ascended and he sent forth the Holy Spirit and he poured it out upon them, it fulfilled Joel, the second chapter. And it's recorded in Acts, the second chapter. And Peter preaching that day, 3,000 souls responded unto him. They responded unto his preaching. And the Lord added to the church that day Acts 2 and verse 47, the people who were being saved, the church is fulfilled. Prophecy, inspired prophecy was fulfilled. Beginning in Acts, the second chapter, you have the New Testament. It's spoken of as being in existence. It had been spoken of as coming, but now it's in existence. And never again in the New Testament is the church spoken of about prophetically coming into uh, existence. It is thought by uh, Paul when he writes in, it's written by him in about 40, uh, 56 or 57 AD, he says, the churches of Christ salute you. There's a number of churches over in Rome. There was a churches in Achaia and Greece and Macedonia they had been established all over the place. And here's Paul writing to them and says, The churches of Christ salute you. Did you know the New Testament church does not have a name per se. It is referred to by descriptive phrases such as churches of Christ, churches of God in Christ, or just the church. There is no New Testament authority for giving a church the name. Why? We can identify where the church meets 
And we can describe uh, the, his own, the church, by quoting Christ's authority when he says, Upon this rock I'll build my church. It belongs to him, but he just calls it his, it's just a saved. The phrase, churches of Christ, notes the churches of Christ was in existence. A number of them was in existence. And that the Lord's promises were fulfilled. It reminds us we can live as the church of Christ today and be proud of it and be scriptural when we so do it. If the church existed in the first century, it can and does exist today. We do not have to wait for a promise of God to be fulfilled before we can enjoy the blessings of the kingdom of God. We can now enter the church, his kingdom, through the way of salvation. And uh, let us recognize the existence of it. Let us be proud that we can just say, you know, I still believe in religious teachings that we ought to accept the Bible as the Word of God. And I still believe that the church began on Judean soil about 2,000 years ago that's recorded in the book of Acts. From that day until now, wherever and whenever a sincere believer in Jesus Christ has repented and has been baptized for the remission of sin, he was added to the Lord's church. Acts 2 and verse 47. This is the same church that endures throughout all ages, world without end. Ephesians 3 and verse 23. We need to say, we still believe, and I still believe the word of God is the seed of the kingdom, as Luke, the 8th chapter and verse 11 says. We can plant the seed. When planted and rooted in good and honest hearts, it produces a citizen of the eternal kingdom. You know, you can take seed that's thousands and thousands of years ago. They have taken seed from uh, the mausoleums in Cairo and other places, and they've planted those seeds after 30,000 years, they've said. And did you know they still produce the same after the same seed? And that's the way the Word of God. And that's the reason he said, you go into all the world and preach the Word. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. We need to still say, I still believe our Lord desires religious unity. You know, not just union, but according to some, the state of religion atlas, there are some 2,500 denominations in the world. There are those who would seek the lowest possible common denominator upon which all could agree and call it unity. But the unity of the New Testament involved speaking the same thing said in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter and the 10th verse, I would that you all speak the same things, that you be of the same mind, and that there be no divisions among you. And Philippians, the third chapter and verse 16 says that you all walk by the same rule and affirming the same thing in Galatians 1 and 8, Paul said, 
I marvel that you're so soon removed, so soon removed from the gospel. And some would preach another gospel. But he said, Though we are an angel from heaven, change, preach any other gospel and use that which we have preached, let him be accursed. We need to understand as we look to this time together and uh, the time of uh, uh, years to work together that we ought to be united and we ought to try to uh, walk according. Here's a 2,000 years it's been since Christ has been here on the earth and we're getting ready to start into the third thousand and wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just say in getting ready to go into the third thousand, let us all walk by the same rule. Let us uh, all love one another. John 13, 34, and 35 says, this is the way you'll know you're members of the Church of Christ, that you love one another. Well, he didn't use Church of Christ there. He used disciples, but it means the same thing. And we need to understand, secondly, that let us walk together in harmony. It has uh, said in Psalms 133 and 1, he said, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for men to dwell in unity. You know, there's no greater challenge to us today than to be united. We need to understand that uh, to vow we know the Lord, to vow that we know the Lord while refusing to know one another is simply mockery in the eyes of God and of Christianity. May we refuse division and to be divided in a congregation over hurt feelings, over personality conflicts, all over uncertain opinions, May our commitment to the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace be no less than our commitment to baptism into Christ for the remission of sins, or no less than our commitment to taking the Lord's Supper to remember our participating with Him. Third, we need to let us kneel in prayer together as God's people. And we need to pray. Matthew 18 and 19, praying individually, but praying together is very powerful. We're near to heaven when we uh, get on our knees than any other time on this earth. May our congregation and may our unity be displayed by the prayers that we pray to our Father through Jesus Christ who is the Lord and who is a busy worker in us as he was as we read in that ninth chapter of Matthew. Fourth, let us fight together with courage. We are fighting a good fight of faith. We are wrestling against the principalities and powers and we desperately need the whole armor of God to be put on in studying and being skillful readers and students of God's Word. We need to arm ourselves together as in no other time and know that if Christ fought 
and work like he did, with criticism manifested that every time he did a good deed, he displayed an example for us to do the same. Finally, we need to dwell together unselfishly. Uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ are struggling. Some have fallen. Some are unfaithful. Some have fallen into the devil's ditch. And some of us have never stopped to pray or to call them or to say one word to that person. And yet you say we're the body of Christ? Yes. But we need to be alerted that we are the body of Christ. But Christ doesn't have any eyes nor ears nor hands, nor feet, but ours. We are his body. They need to know that our acceptance of them is not based upon perfect performance and that we will not abandon them to Satan or to fall short of what God expects of them. Not as long as we have help and strength to reach down. May we listen. May we lift. May we love people back to Jesus who are fallen and who need our help. Let us refuse to be caustic in our criticism, but be kind and loving and ever encouraging. Let us increasingly share our homes, our help, our service, our hospitality, our laughter, and our lives, and our friendship with those who need us. Let us be glad that we are a member of the body of Christ, and that it's so easy to be a member of the Church of Christ. Like in the first century, we just tell people that Christ came that he died, that he was buried, and that he rose again and he's alive, and he's here to help us, and that you want to put him on. Galatians 3, 26 and 27 says, we're all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, just as many of us have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We don't want to change that. That's God's word. We can preach it and teach it. We can share it. We share it with you today. We ask you to come and to be a member of the body of Christ as we stand together and sing.